Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This episode of the Collective Wisdom Podcast is brought to you by the Story Skills Workshop, a 30-day workshop designed by best-selling author and storytelling advisor Bernadette Jewa, together with her friend and marketing guru, Seth Godin. Stories are the way we change minds and win hearts, and telling stories with more skill and intention is the best way to make a difference. This is a workshop where you'll be working alongside creatives, educators, entrepreneurs, scientists, and other amazing humans, learning how to tell better stories and have more impact on the world. I've had the privilege of not only taking the workshop, but also working as a coach in the program and have experienced firsthand the transformational power of learning how to tell better stories. It's true to say that this podcast comes from seeing that we all have a story to tell and having an impact on the world often starts with telling our own story. The next round of the workshop starts on March 23rd and those kind and generous folks over at Akimbo have given me a link to share with you that will mean you get a 50% discount on the usual price of the programme. The link will be posted in the show notes to this episode, which you can find at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can send me a direct message on Instagram at collectivewisdom underscore pod and I'll let you have the link there. Thanks so much to Bernadette Seth and the team over at Akimbo for such generous support. Hello, my friends, and welcome to season two of the Collective Wisdom podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome if you're brand new to the podcast. I've got an amazing guest for you this week. Libby Rose is an amazingly talented, beautiful singer-songwriter who's studying down at the British Institute of Music down in Brighton. She's just, she released a single late last year called Bittersweet Reality, which just blew my mind. You can find that on the playlist, of course, and on Spotify. And I reached out to Libby and she was so open and so generous and sharing some wonderful stories about her songwriting process and how difficult it is to get feedback and know whether something's ready to be shipped. And then she just opened up and and shared some beautiful stories about her own wisdom that she's picked up along the way from some tough experiences. And I was just, yeah, blown away by the conversation. It's a real reminder that wisdom doesn't just come with age and we really can learn something from everyone. Libby tells such a heartwarming story about her act of simple kindness, which is just the community that she's part of now in the college and how supportive and how it's been a real struggle for all of those people who who performing arts is their life and the stages and theatres and normal performance arenas are all closed. And that affects not just financially how you can earn a living, but also just prevents you from being able to think about what's next and what you're planning for and the next performance and the next big gig and that buzz of adrenaline that that all these artists crave. So I was thinking if you're listening to this, an act of simple kindness would be to 
Go into Spotify, download Bittersweet Reality, knowing that even if it's just a tiny percentage of the money that's made, the profit from that song goes to the artist. What a generous way to just show your appreciation. And it's made me start to think that actually the guests that I have on the show, I'm going to try and bring this act of simple kindness because ASK spells ask and really reflect on what it is that we could do as a collective to help them. So we're kicking off this season. It was one of those bright spark moments that may come to nothing. But an act of simple kindness for Libby would be to go into Spotify, maybe even reach out to her on Instagram, tell her if you like the song, probably keep it to yourself if you don't, and then just know that you are supporting an artist and her creative passions. I'd be really grateful. And talking of gratitude, I'm so grateful to Libby for being such a great sport. And I can't imagine my my own 20-year-old self being brave enough to go on a podcast. So with that, I'll hand you over to Libby and her amazing stories. So my guest today is the beautiful and talented singer-songwriter Libby Rose, or (laughs) equally beautiful Liberty Rose, as she's more formally known. Libby has been singing and writing her own lyrics for as long as I've known her. We first met when she and her family moved to Hong Kong and we became great friends and neighbours. And I can still remember being round at the Rose's house for dinner when we managed to convince a very reluctant Libby to sing for us. And that combination of meaningful lyrics, soulful music and stunning voice just touched my heart so much it made my eyes leak. I'm happy to say that since that day, more than five years ago, Libby has just gone from strength to strength. She's now left Hong Kong and is back in the UK, where she's currently a student at BIM, or the British and Irish Modern Music Institute, down in Brighton, that counts amongst its alumni the likes of George Ezra, James Bay, and Tom O'Dell, that even a boomer like me has heard of, and countless others that I probably should have heard of. It feels like she's really found a place where she can explore that huge creativity she has. But what prompted me to ask Libby along today was the release of her last year of her first single, Bittersweet Reality, which is definitely going to make it to the Collective Wisdom playlist as it's just such a beautiful song. In it, she tells of her own struggles to find the courage and fight her demons and be the girl she wants to be. So Libby, thanks so much for agreeing to join me on the podcast today. Tell us a bit more about that singer-songwriting process, if you will. Where do you get your inspiration? Yeah, so I feel like me personally as a songwriter, I don't know, I get a lot of motivation from heartbreak and like all of the sad things and, you know, like it's 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 hard for me to, what I've realised is it's hard for me to like write a song that's, you know, uplifting and happy. And so when Bittersweet Reality kind of that came out of my like mind, I was like so shocked because it was like the first time that I'd ever, I suppose it's not like the happiest of songs, like, but it's, it's a song that isn't, like doesn't just revolve around like, you know, I'm so sad, this boy's just left me. Like, I feel useless, I feel worthless. But yeah, like I get most of my inspiration from like my personal, like past experiences, you know, um, like toxic relationships and heartbreak. And also like, you know, personal issues I had like with just me and myself, like anxiety, 
perception and things like that. That's um, what comes through. Would you say it's um it's almost like a way of processing those feelings? So when something goes wrong or you're not feeling like super positive, you've been able to almost process it through songwriting. Yeah, definitely. Like I feel like there's a massive weight off my shoulders when mm-hmm. I finally write something that I've been thinking about writing about. And then I sit down and it, it's very rare for me to kind of sit down and bash out a whole song and, you know, complete it. But when it does happen and I write about something that's been in the back of my mind, I feel like it's just like out and then I can just carry on. Yeah. Like, okay, right, that, that's done and dusted now. And I've still got so many things like in my head that I need to write about, but they're just building up. But because I don't know, I haven't had a lot of motivation at the moment. I haven't like had the chance to sit down and like write down everything that's like up there that I need to get out but yeah so it's just like it it lets it lets off a lot of steam yeah that really comes across and and what was interesting what you're saying about that whole feeling of just release almost do you have do you do you really worry but you know I'm writing a song that's going to be very public and what happens if you know I show too much of myself do you worry about that? Yeah, I do worry about that sometimes. Like I was even even about bittersweet reality because it was such a because I I just started new uni and I'd made new friends and yeah. things like that and and kind of in that song it's not too like explicit and doesn't reveal too much of like you know my deep inner feelings but I feel like it gets the message across that you know like I did suffer from my 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 anxieties. And yeah, I feel like sometimes that there is some stuff that I, I do want to write about, but I feel like I've got to be careful about it because I, like you say, I don't want to kind of reveal too much to people. Mm, yeah, that's really understandable. What comes across for me knowing you is A, how much of a beautiful song it is, how just how so beautifully you've expressed those emotions. You know, as you say, some of them could be seen to be quite negative, but but you've yeah. put it into this sort of beautiful space of just sometimes I doubt you know what I'm doing and am I on the right path and all that stuff that just comes through the actual rhythm of the music is actually I find it really uplifting you know yeah yeah yeah, even though it's sort of quite deep it's it's a song that I'll definitely put on as as I'm running or something you know it's it's got you know really good tune to it but I'm I'm sort of interested in that whole sort of notion of once you make a decision right I'm going to write this song and then you you just like you say you put out all these scrappy ideas and how it kind of comes together as something do you know when it's finished I guess that's what I'm I'm saying I mean I kind of I do know when like I've finished when I have like you know verse one and then a pre-chorus chorus chorus, like the main kind of parts of the song but then I do like to get a second opinion because I have have a producer that and he produces all of my stuff and I take it to him and then I've also got you know people that help some of my tutors at BIM that help me and I can book a tutorial with them and they're really good actually because I can take that they're really brutally honest so I can take them a song and they'll be like, right, you need to get rid of that and put this in. And, you know, like this just isn't good enough. Like, so I do like to get a second opinion. I don't think I'd never release something that hasn't been kind of not, I wouldn't say approved because I know I can release anything that I want. Like, you know, I don't have to listen to them, but I, I'd never release anything that's not had a second opinion and that's not 
been tweaked or worked on because I like because I don't want to end up releasing something and then kicking myself because I didn't get that extra help yeah that is so wise Libby I can't believe that I (laughs) I work in a workshop where people we create a little sort of safe environment for people to just publish their first thoughts you know maybe if they're a poet they they write that first poem and it's that moment where you press publish and you get feedback and that can then generate a whole new sort of and it is, it's it's that sort of uncomfortable place of getting feedback that's honest, but just reflects back what people see, you know, and, and it's hard to give feedback. It's hard to give feedback that is, okay, I, it's good, but I think if you just go that little bit further, you can make it even better or it will be something you'll be even more proud of or, you know, that kind of just holding people just a little bit more accountable and that's what you obviously get it's all about that constructive criticism thing isn't it like yeah I feel like there's one good example of it I um I I had a song and I finished it and we had this thing at BIM called LPW in first year and um you kind of take it was all online though at this point and I, I, I recorded this song completely acoustic and then I it was my turn to show it to the class and then my producer who also like works with BIM, he kind of worked with it on like on the Zoom call. And then afterwards I was like, right, okay, I want to work with this song. I want to release it. So we just like completely, like we finished it basically. And it was this really like weird kind of, I don't know, it was really electronic and I really mm-hmm. liked it. And th- I mean, this was like last year and I, um, I really liked it for so long. And then I started working on another song that was like, like it's my favorite song by far and um and then I listened to the other one before that back and I was like I realized I really don't like it so I I I took it to one of my tutors um, and had a tutorial with him and um he was like yeah this this needs some work and it had been finished I said oh god like I don't know how I'm going to tell my producer that because we've worked on it like it's all been finished and mastered and whatnot and so we're in the process now of, um, I eventually had that chat with, with my producer and um, we're in the process now of just completely stripping it and starting it again. <laughs> oh, and that's good news. That's good news that in a way, yeah, that's a beautiful story to tell because it's like, that's what happens in that creative process. That something that, you know, it's, it's um, there's a phrase, how to kill your darlings. And it's, it's when you, you become so attached to something because you made it, that it's very difficult to get that objective view on it that, yeah, it's fine, but it's not really you or it's not really where you're going with this or it's it's not oh. going to be your best work, which yeah. getting that feedback is just so precious. You know, it's, um, it's brutal at the time, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't... When my tutor was like, yeah, you need to do something with this because I felt the same way. It wasn't too, like, ouch. Like, you just mm. really... At the end of the day, like, it was kind of... He was just saying, you know, like, if you're not happy with it, don't release it. Yeah. And because yeah. I would have kicked myself forever if I had released that song and it was the way that it was, because it was great and it was up, it was uplifting and it was like upbeat and, but it's just not how I pictured it to be. Yeah. So I'm yeah. happy now that I'm kind of on the road to getting it the way I want to be. And then I like to be excited about releasing things, like, because I feel like I'd be dreading it. If I, yeah. Yeah. Not, not right. <laughs> and I can so relate to that. You know, part of this process is asking people to come and do interviews. And it would be really sort of offensive if you got to the point where you said to someone, 
Yeah, it was great, but you know, I'm not actually going to release it. <laughs> that's kind of going to be, that's going to be the big challenge for me is making sure that I do the best job I can in communicating why we're here and what these conversations are about and just helping people to tell good stories kind of thing. So yeah, I, I can completely relate to that feeling of, Oh God, you know, what do I do if it's not, if it's not good enough? And like you say, being really excited and you were talking, you know, when we, when we first got together, you were talking about how even busking is, you know, that whole performance that, cause you've then got to own it. You've got to then, you know, not yeah. just release it as an album, but maybe perform it live on stage. So yeah, definitely. If, if you get to that point where your heart sinks every time someone says, Oh, can you play this song? And you're kind of, do I have to, yeah. it's not. See, that's, it's funny you mentioned that actually, because I, um, I, I performed a bit of sweet reality busking once and it, it just didn't go down very well. Oh, really? It, it, it really, cause it was acoustic and it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, full backing track and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like it's not a song that can really work as an acoustic song. So I performed it once busking. We didn't get much money for it. So I was like, <laughs> right, I'm not going to perform that again. <laughs> wow. And yet for me, it's like, it's just such a, um, an amazing piece. So I was going to ask you about feedback. Have you had any good feedback since the, you released the album in the first place? Yeah, I um, I've, I had a lot of people messaging me about it and saying it's beautiful. Like I love yeah. it so much. Um, and then like a couple of people back from Hong Kong, like my chemistry teacher, um, and my who was also my form tutor, um, emailed my dad and was like, oh, I've just heard this song and it's amazing. And so proud. Like my old music teacher as well messaged me about it and said like I'm so proud of you and stuff like that. So it was really yeah. nice. Yeah. It was nice to get feedback from like my old like teachers at Kellett because I don't know I feel like after I left I was like right, I'm never speaking to any of you again like yeah. well but, I know yeah. we've talked about this before and you know we've had that conversation about school and how there is so much formality around you know you, you're a really talented musician and yet you struggled to do music a level because it was just so yeah. formal and there's a real you, you just there's no freedom to to really express yourself you know um what would you say that struggle was I feel like because I did I did GCSE music as well and I feel like GCSE music was difficult not the, the performance side of it was all right because there was that kind of you know you can choose what you want to sing and what you want to play it can be anything but the whole like composition side of it was so difficult because you had to I think I ended up using Logic, which is like a, a music um, like app on Mac to create a blues song. And mm -hmm. it like, cause it, we, we only got either, it was like a blues song or a classical piece. And that's where my grade really dropped because I don't produce my own things. I, I wish I could, but, but that's just, it's just something that I've never learned. And um, so that, that was difficult. And then when moving on to A-level, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do music A-level. It sounds amazing. Like, you know, and it was the same kind of thing. Like, you know, you could perform what you wanted to for the performance side of things. But when it came to like the classical music, there was one module where you had to kind of study loads of different classical pieces by like Beethoven and random, I don't even know what they are anymore. I've forgotten, but, and memorize like, you know, different parts of the, of the song on sheet music and then you'd listen to it in the exam and write about it and I was just like what like how am I supposed to do this like I'm, I'm a contemporary musician I 
I don't play any classical instruments. I sing, I play a bit of piano. I suppose that's a classical instrument, but not, I don't play classical piano. Mm. And so I was just kind of like, this isn't what I've signed up for. <laughs> like, no, and that that's, seems to be the story for so many people that yeah. it's not about finding your strengths. It's not about finding what you can do. It's about almost doing the opposite, which is putting you into a box and... And yeah. as a result, so many students end up saying, oh, I'm, I'm a bit of a failure because I didn't get this grade in this subject, you know, even though you're such a, a natural fit for music and you'd think it would be. Yeah, it's um, that's that's one of the things that I think we need to sort of start looking at with our education system. And how do we how do we encourage students to really step into those strengths and find yeah. ways to, yeah, foster them rather than this exam system which just tells you oh you're no good at this and you can't yeah. do it. it's bad and I, I feel like I was quite privileged in the fact that obviously music A level was difficult and and you know didn't really like have anything I, could, I couldn't do it it was hard but I feel like I was I was privileged and like all the musicians at Kellett were privileged because they had such good music facilities and they did you know like in-house music and and things like that. So I feel like that was a good side of like school because like the, just the extracurricular because it gave me a chance to like push myself and perform in front of like a mass crowd of people. Mm, mm. I feel like that's where I learned like to be confident about doing that so that when I came to BIM, it wasn't such a scary thing. Right. So you'd say at least, yeah, so it was that side of things, interestingly, not the academic side. It was the here I can get to perform and then I yeah. can be myself yeah. a bit more. And, and yeah, I, I was party to some of those performances and they were amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's not it's it's about saying, you know, it's not that schools per se, it's all bad. You know, there's something definitely to work yeah. from. But this exam system of just so many students are falling through the cracks of, of feeling that they're not any good at anything because oh, yeah, they don't pass the exam so bad it's 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 a hard one I, I feel like obviously like kids and school children like not school children but you know people in school have to do exams and it is it is like a a thing and it's never going to not be a thing but I feel like they should definitely up their game with the arts exams because yeah. they're so academic like I understand with like English and maths and science and stuff like that but when it comes to the music exams or or even like drama it was it's so academic like and it just like I feel like with people who are more contemporary as well is yeah. it that, that's what makes it harder like there's people who are good at classical music and you know play the violin or you know actually like play classical stuff I feel like find it a lot easier because there were, there were people in the year below me that did um, music A-level and just did so well because they're, they're really good at classical music and that's just something that, that that's their passion. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like contemporary or even songwriters actually, like I didn't get a chance to, to write a song for my exam. And I know like it's not songwriting, it's music A-level, but you know, I just, I didn't get that chance to kind of write a song and and like try and produce it myself and stuff like that so yeah. that was a bummer really because I was kind of coming in to to university and all of these 
all of my friends at university and my fellow classmates could do this stuff because they could produce their own stuff and you know like and, and a lot of people do and they release it like my boy my boyfriend produces all of his stuff in this room and wow, releases it wow. himself so yeah. it's I feel like I was kind of behind and that made me feel really anxious for some reason but then I found my producer and then everything's fine now but <laughs> and he does sound good? like he sounds like he's an amazing guy and and you were you were talking about you know that constructive criticism and in a way that sort of leads us into a story about kindness because although it can be quite confronting it is ultimately a huge act of kindness to really say to someone before they've released it listen I think we can do better let's go back at this even though they you might get you know resistance from the person that you're you're saying that to just to really be kind and courageous in in how you give feedback. So, what's your um, what's your story of an act of kindness? I've, I I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about it since you asked me to do this podcast, and I it's hard to say because I experience so much kindness and like support and people looking out for each other within this little bubble I have at university because yeah. there's a lot of it's really sad to say, but I feel like the mental illness rate at music colleges is quite high, I've, mm-hmm. I've come to realise. And throughout this whole lockdown, we, we have, a, we have a, a group chat and people are just constantly checking in, like, if anyone needs anything, like, I'm here. And I've kind of been, like, looking at that and, like, reflecting on, like, how supportive we all are as, for each other. Because it could be, it would be so like easy for us to all turn against each other because we're all after the same thing absolutely you know we're all after that fame and we're all after that fortune if you will I don't know but it's it's so nice and I feel like that's an act of kindness that has impacted me because I I came into BIM thinking oh my god like everyone's gonna be so like competitive and really like aggressive about it as well you know and and actually everyone is the complete opposite. Like obviously there is that kind of competitive aspect to it, but everyone is so kind and, and loving towards each other's music. And that is so supportive as well. Like, you know, whenever anyone's got a song coming out, it's all over everyone's Instagram stories. And it's so lovely to see everyone just supporting each other. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's so true that, you know, if, if what you're saying is true, do you think that there's been an increased sense of that sort of mental pressure since since the pandemic's broken out? Or is it just a sort of, it's it's part of the culture almost? Yeah, I think a bit of both, actually. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's definitely gotten worse throughout the pandemic because there's some people living alone and, yeah. you know, there's some people that weren't able to go home for Christmas and things like that so I think it's definitely gotten worse like people are feeling down about it but I feel it's it's a normal thing I think obviously but I feel like definitely like the mental health and and like mindset kind of thing has has gotten worse since since lockdown and it's nice because I feel like everyone realizes that so everyone's trying to be there for each other and saying look if you want to go for a walk and grab a coffee um, that's fine like you know so it's it's nice to see everyone supporting each other because it is a, obviously it's a hard time for everyone and in every industry and business but I feel like 
as a musician it's it's hard it's a hard time for musicians <laughs> like yeah we, oh my goodness yeah, I mean like my heart goes out to you guys because I know you <laughs> performed so well in that first concert and now I doubt they're you. able to have concerts you know for your generation I think it's been so impactful just when you're getting your finding your feet you're getting things off the ground and then especially if you're in that performing arts industry it's just almost impossible but you know you're finding ways and what's so lovely about your story is that it's it's showing that if you take that competitiveness away and you just literally share some kind words and support people so people can release songs at least and still sort of carry on knowing that we will get through this but the fact that you're all doing it together is just amazing just it is nice it's it's nice to have a little like supportive musician community you know where we all understand what each other are going through and stuff like that but it's nice because people are doing live gigs as well like bim did a end of term live gig like on uh facebook and yeah i think it was facebook live actually and there were just like two tutors like hosting it and people sent in videos that they'd made with their bands or like on their own so that was really nice to watch as well because it it just like reminded you that you know people are still out there doing things and making music like you know it's not just it's not stopped but it's just you know it's all behind closed doors now it's not just finding ways to get it out there and, and yeah, and being creative about how you spread the word. And, but just this, this sense of community seems to come across really strongly that that's so important to helping people feel buoyed up when, when, yeah, they are often living alone and they're not able to connect in the ways that they normally do with, with music, which is Definitely, yeah. yeah beautiful, beautiful. It is lovely. So you talked a bit about, you know, the, the challenge of, you know, you've, you've mentioned a lot of challenges and, and I think for anyone who's producing creative work and releasing it, one of the huge challenges is just overcoming that, that fear and self-doubt and what if it's not good enough and, you know, all that stuff. But what, what came up for you when I asked you to share a story about a challenge? Yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. Well, I've had lots. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> I've had a lot of knockbacks. I think um, coming to BIM, there's been less, but the, my major knockbacks were definitely when I was in Hong Kong at school. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I was in a relationship that I didn't want to be in, you know, and that I feel like that whole period of my life was where it just all stopped. Like I didn't focus on what I wanted. I didn't focus on you know, what was good for me and myself. And I did, I didn't focus, I I kind of just put all of my like dreams like aside and focused on this one person and did everything for that person rather than thinking for myself. And then eventually when that ended and that whole like, you know, two year period of my life ended, I was like, right, I'm doing stuff for myself now. And I think that was definitely the biggest challenge that I've ever ever like been through like in my obviously I've not been alive for that long but that, that was like no, that's what this is all about it's the fact that you you have such wisdom at such an early age I mean you're incredible and I know I know you know when you were going through that relationship it was looking at it from the outside knowing that it had to be your decision as to when it finished and how it finished and you know it's so hard as a parent to sort of know how to 
how to navigate all that stuff. But you, yeah, I think ultimately you come to your own conclusion that it's, this is just not serving me very well. This is not good for me. I mean, it was exhausting. Like I look back at it now, I'm like, how did I do that? Like, I don't know, like, you know, I was 17, well, I was 18 actually. So it wasn't really that long ago, but I just think to myself, like, I, I'm very, I'm so proud, like, I'm so proud of myself now for, for getting through that and stuff like yeah. that. But I look back and I'm just like, I can't believe that that happened. Like, I can't believe that I ever let myself go through that, that I, that I eventually ended it. Like, the whole like part of it ending is such a blur now like because yeah. I feel like it just ended and then I was straight like right bim yeah <laughs> exactly like, something right. else to focus on and maybe that was it yeah. maybe that's what helped you realize that there was something outside of you know we do and especially when you're young and you get attached to someone and it's just it feels like that is the entire world in that little space and it's hard to see beyond it it's uh yeah. But having that focus on, right, what's next for me and throwing myself into it and knowing that, you know, and I'm sure that's where bittersweet reality came from. You know, you described all that anxiety of what if I'm not good enough? What if I arrive there and everybody else is better than me? And what you found is a lot of love, you know, just amazing. Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like lots of good things have come out of that whole period of my life. And as much, I remember actually, like, I think it, it was either the day that it ended or a couple of days before and I remember my friends just sitting down to me and saying like you need to get out otherwise I don't know what we're gonna do like it was yeah. like it was it got that serious that my closest friends literally said like we can't be here for you anymore if if if, if you stay with him so it was it was kind of that day I was like right I just need to you know get out of this and start focusing on myself and that's what I did I mean I had that whole like kind of after I I ended it all I had that whole like oh yeah let's go crazy you know that period of my life so I didn't really start kind of thinking about my future straight away but it got like you know it was kind of two three months later I was like right and I sent in my application to BIM and then I got in and then I was like oh my god like my I can't believe I'm doing this and then I got to Brighton and I was like ha I've done it I've done it yeah (laughs) And it feels like there's a little bit of just listening to your own heart. You know, the, 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 there were some very wise friends there. There were, you, I know your parents were there saying, really, yeah. you know, this is, just doesn't look like it's doing you any good. Oh, but it's, bless it. <laughs> it, honestly, it's just got to come from inside, hasn't it? It's just yeah. that, okay, right, this is not helping me. What what can I do differently? And and then knowing, I mean, that that sort of, there's still a moment of having to, make that decision and then live with or sit with the the discomfort of what's what's going to happen next when you do end that relationship and suddenly you have to you know you're on your own and almost carving out a new identity that's hard yeah I mean it was it was weird because like it had it had been just me and that person for for such a long time and that's what people kind of saw me as just like Mm -hmm. this person who tags along and gets manipulated and is constantly with this person so then when it all ended like I was kind of like okay well I don't really know what I'm doing with myself anymore like I don't I don't know what like people see me as if you know what I mean so it was a weird one because I'd always been like before I'd always been like you know I was fun I was fun to be around I was you know like I like to have a laugh and then like the relationship happened and then kind of after it I was 
obviously like I was really upset because everything that had happened and then I remember kind of just thinking to myself when I got back to the UK I was like right I have the opportunity now to go in and be this person that because no one knows about my my pre my past you know no one knows about that so when I when I kind of went I was like right I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be be normal I just said to myself let me just be normal and and I've ended up making like the best friends and like meeting the best people ever and it's like I was so proud of myself making that decision but that was definitely the biggest hurdle I I had to come across 100% I can't think of anything more challenging than that <laughs> and I'm so proud of you and I, it sounds like you're you know what what ultimately happens is you you just you start to get more comfortable in your own skin with who you are and then you can just show up as yourself and Definitely. doesn't that feel good you know amazing because it's just like you don't have to put on an act like you know people just know me for me and yeah. it's such a good feeling but yeah I just I never thought that like I wished I know it's such a cliche but I wish I could write a letter to my 17 year old self <laughs> oh and I, I think yeah that's a really sensible way of approaching it and just saying yeah. and also owning the fact that she she was this real person and she she had all those emotions going on and you know it's, it's a little bit of just forgiving yourself for for that yeah. sort of period and 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 then saying and here I am now stronger and more resilient because of it just amazing yeah, for sure I yeah. feel like I've I've definitely made more use of the good things that that can come out of it I mean I'm still yet to wait a cracking to write a cracking song about it that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. I can't wait to hear yeah yeah but, but it's, true. That bit yet. <laughs> it's true that those really deep 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 emotional spaces are such great inspiration for you know and they don't always have to be doom gloom and disaster songs you know I think it can be a sort of it can propel you into yeah just understanding your emotions and and when you talk about that it resonates with anyone else who's been through a bit of heartbreak or you know which is is true for all of us it's so true everyone everyone, everyone's had a bit of heartbreak it's nice though because I like I love songs that I can listen to and relate to and I love writing songs that I know that people will relate to as well yeah yeah that's kind of where I get my I listen to songs and I'm like oh I, I want to write a song that'll inspire me as much as that song's inspired no, I want to write a song that'll inspire other people as much as that song that I've just listened to has inspired me, to me. do you know what I mean well, I tell you and, and, and that's what bittersweet reality did for me you know because I don't I, I I relate so much to that whole sense of fear if you're doing something new it's yeah. it's the unknown and therefore it's a little bit scary and and there's there's some great rewards on the other side of doing something like that but yeah, your song yeah. just kind of is almost like a for those moments where you're feeling most unsure of yourself just listen to this song and that's that oh, can kind of lift your mood so it's uh, incredible it's been one day. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Now, talking of music, so I I know this must have been a hard task for you because you're so surrounded and so absorbed in music all the time. So to choose one piece of music that takes you to a special place yeah. must have been that must have been a challenge in itself. It was hard. It was hard. <laughs> I had to listen to a lot of songs. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, my music taste is so like out there like I literally listened to everything but I revisited a song the other day called Praying by Kesha 
Right. And um, and I was listening to it and I was like, oh yes, this is the song because <laughs> it's it is so so it is about I think she wrote it about kind of coming out and fleeing this really abusive relationship. But I I kind of listen to it as like it's it's a little bit similar to like why I wrote Bittersweet Reality. It's like you know like I had to learn how to fight for myself. I just love that lyric so much because wow. it's like her kind of saying, right, you've done this to me and you've made this challenge for me to overcome, but then I've learned from it and I've fought for myself and I just love it. I think that's that's the song that inspires me the most because it's like, and then the, the chorus goes, I hope you're somewhere praying. So kind of like, you know, <laughs> I hope you're feeling bad because you Two have fingers. made that challenge in my life. <laughs> Fabulous, fabulous. Oh, that's an amazing, an amazing addition. And obviously, Bittersweet Reality is going to be there on the on the playlist because the great thing about having your own podcast is I get to make the rules. And so (laughs) (laughs) I can add songs in willy nilly just because they mean (laughs) to me. And yeah, so that will be a that's a new song to me. And I will yeah really look forward to to listening to it so thank you for that and if there's one piece of wisdom that you have to share well no first of all before we do that I've got a question for you this is very self-serving so as a parent of you know many teenagers three teenagers we've seen them it's it's around social media and how much time is healthy to be spending on it and yeah how these issues of self-esteem are kind of intertwined in it and so before you give us your piece of wisdom I'd just like some advice on your take on on social media it's a hard one I mean because I could sit here and say you know oh yeah you shouldn't spend much like too much time on your phone put it down before you go to bed but then I'd be completely contradicting myself because (laughs) I do that I spend so much time on social media and I'm obsessed with it (laughs) Um, but I do there are some things on social media that I just kind of it's it's hard because like right now in this moment of time there's so much stuff about kind of you know like equality and like you know the whole BLM movement Mm. and um and like trans rights and things like that and LGBTQ as well so I think from that point of view I like social media because it does educate me quite a lot yeah, yeah. From like following pages, like about what I've I've just stated, I do learn quite a lot from it. But then you've also got the side of kind of like the whole like body image thing, and you know what's the, what's the way that you should be looking like, and things like that. And that's the side of social media that I think is really toxic. So I, yeah. I tend to kind of steer clear from stuff like that. But I want to try and kind of stop going on my phone and maybe but it, the thing is is it's quite difficult because for, for me personally because I have to be on social media for like my releases and stuff like that but mm. I think for kind of you know teenagers and young adults that that um you know don't need to be on social media I think stay away from it as much as you can because yeah. there is toxic stuff out there you know like there is especially I don't know whether the whole body image and kind of the way you should look is as popular with boys um but I, I, yeah, suppose I think it's a particular you, thing it, I mean obviously it has an impact on all of us but I mm. think girls in particular seem to just take yeah. it to heart that you know they haven't got the right shaped nose or you know and, and, and everything is so 
you're just not aware of how many filters are put on things to make yeah, it's you so edited enhanced. It's so edited yeah. About it. yeah and it's so bad because normal girls will be thinking oh my gosh why don't I look like that or like you know Kylie Jenner or mm, people mm. like that and it's like because like they have so many filters on it's so edited and then like billion millionaires as well like yeah, you know yeah. this is and, it, but they're not normal people they're not like yeah. Yeah. you know I think it is it is to- there is toxic sides to it but like I said I do kind of like to educate myself a bit from social media and kind of follow people that are kind of like oh, I don't know how to put it but like people that are I don't know whether activists is the right word. Like, yeah, activists, yeah, definitely. Yeah, LGBTQ. definitely trying to make change, bring about change. You know, not just accept the status quo and say, yeah, things things can change. And and I think from that point of view, it does have its plus sides. You know, to be able to connect people. And I know in lockdown, for certainly for my daughter, it's been really a powerful way to to stay connected. Well, well, for all three kids, you know that. When you yeah. when you're isolated from your friends, at least you can sort of connect via social media and feel a sense of that community that that you were describing yeah. at BIM. Definitely, so it's a really hard it's a hard line to to find that happy medium between knowing they're connected, yeah. but they're not finding things that are just going to influence them in in quite yeah. a detrimental way. Definitely, um, I think you're so right with the connectivity of it. Like, you know, I I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't like speak to my friends or even my boyfriend while I was at home and he was at home. Like, you know, but um, yeah, I feel like the connectivity and all the Zoom things like that have happened over lockdown have been great. But yeah, like you said, there is like a certain line to it where it's mm-hmm. like, when does it start getting toxic and when does it start getting kind of like, I don't know, like when does it start affecting your self doubt? You know. Mm-hmm yeah and and just your own self sense of self-worth and and how good yeah. you are and yeah it's, it's really- I feel like every everyone experiences that from social media like I do all the time like it's not yeah. so much the um kind of like you know oh why don't I look like that why don't I look like this it, it's more of the music side of things so like when mm. when people are releasing and they're posting loads of stuff I'm like oh gosh how am I gonna make like might make my account look like that like and yeah. you know when people release and they post cool like um images and like um edits of their new single and it's like oh my god like how do I do that someone help <laughs> yeah but that can be that can be propelling you into you know just every every little sort of incremental change go and find some help go and ask somebody how do I do that and then before you know it yeah I think gravitating towards what makes you feel like I want to be like that but knowing that that it's possible, you know, rather yeah. than just going into this spiral of, oh, everybody else seems to be having a great time and so successful and always on holiday and their yeah. life is perfect and mine's not, you know, that yeah. kind of... Um, yeah, unrealistic damage. kind of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just hear of those. <laughs> so what would you say then is your piece of wisdom that you'd like to share? I feel like my piece of wisdom would be... I've got a couple. I say always listen to your parents and your friends because they're always right. <laughs> oh, they'll love that. Oh, they're if always right. you're listening. I know they will be so, so grateful to hear that. Yeah, and you—you you lucked out. You got top parents. I really love <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout out Sally and Mike. Um, no, yeah, honestly, always listen because I look back and the amount of times I kind of 
didn't listen to my friends and I was like no no like you're wrong I'm gonna do this like this is good for me I look back and I'm like I wish I'd listened oh they were so right so yeah always listen to like I know family unless unless they're like being rude or like blatantly wrong yeah but but if you're having a struggle like with a situation and you get advice from close friends or like any of your family members, they are, mm, I reckon, like 99% right all of the time. <laughs> I guess it would be to check in with people who love you. Once you know yeah. that they love you and they've got your best interests at heart, just check in with what they're saying and and yeah, see if it definitely. resonates a little bit with, with where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. That's gold advice. I can't wait to share this with Hannah, <laughs> who's just hit that phase where... Yeah, anything mum oh, and dad say is pretty much yeah. I'm, I'm not the same, that. Yeah. exactly the same. So, but yeah, it, I, that's one thing. Like I was saying before, if I could write a letter to my 17 year old self, like I just like listen to your mum and dad and all of your friends because they're right. Like it's so, so nice. Yeah, <laughs> just sit down and write that letter. And sometimes it is a letter that you just have to forgive yourself for yeah you have to learn that you can't yeah, yeah. It, it's it's you have to be able to forgive yourself and say yep that was then and fortunately this is now and look at you you're just doing amazing <laughs> stuff and yeah really resonating with the world so where can we find you I know bittersweet reality is a a, a single released on Spotify it'll definitely be on the collective wisdom playlist oh that's great thank you where else can we find you I've got Instagram um, and it is LibbyRose.uk Libby Rose. Um, on Instagram. And that's pretty much it, really. I don't really use Facebook or anything else. I'm just so Instagram's Instagram. your main platform. So anyone can follow you there and they'll see beautiful edits. I'm sure you'll, you'll be doing a very creative <laughs> <Okay>. job. <laughs> I will. I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes for sure. And yeah, I would just invite anyone who's listened to this and really likes the sound of what Libby has to say to go and check out that single because it's just amazing. And I know that there will be more more than that that comes our way for sure I mean have you got plans in the pipeline for what's what's next for you I do I I um, am planning to release in February wow yeah I don't know when because I haven't really I've been really unorganized recently but I've definitely got at least two more songs coming this year so fabulous news oh that's brilliant brilliant can't wait to hear them so yeah we'll be following along and I'd just like to say thank you so much for just being so honest and open and brave and joining me here today it's been a joy I really enjoyed it thank you so much for inviting me I feel honored I really do no you are you are so well podcast so I'm very it's your first podcast yeah fabulous fabulous (laughs) (laughs) that's good news so I hope that you'll be doing many more yeah promotions and as things go forward and go from to the next thing that yeah you'll be you'll look back on this and go oh yeah that was old news and then I (laughs) I was on the radio and (laughs) Oh no, I doubt it. I so just for it. anyone listening, you saw her here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my claim to fame. This is yeah. what... <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Oh, thanks ever so much, Libby. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from. So I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. 
You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.